we explore the third noble truth with a certain uh, perhaps interest, maybe humility, but uh, also a kind of a, a, a trust in our own experience that sometimes the mind, the heart is in genuine wakeful peace. And just speaking and just listening, perhaps we touch something that carries that truth that can sometimes be subtle. Maybe there's a need to drop some of our concepts, not only about Nibbana, Nirvana, freedom, liberation, all those big things, but also concepts about ourselves, like not me, I never could. Maybe those other more perfect people or more meditated people or those nicer compassionate people or those people that have done so much good in the world or something like that. If that's a, an assumption that you carry, you might want to explore and let go of that. And in touching this exploration of cessation, because we've given so much real heart and time to exploring the self and the self at the heart of conflict and strategies and so on. Maybe it's a very accessible, tangible beginning for you to ask, has there been even some kind of movement towards cessation here at this retreat? in relation to this, these issues, this experience, this self, these attachments. And if you go outside the room into some other avenue of your life or your life in general, try to keep it as close as possible to a truth that you can speak now from this body. That the mind, the heart can be grounded in this moment as you explore. It doesn't become an abstraction. How to do that? The cessation, the gradual diminishing of hunger and ignorance the moment, the instant of wakefulness, of non-clinging. Perhaps it's even right now, just in this pause.
moving into interactive practice now. Um, we'd like to emphasize the uh, fully alive relational aspect of your insight dialogue meditation practice. The invitation is to give careful attention to the meditation instruction open. To actually be intentional about it and see if this investigation of cessation, cessation of longing, of ignorance, cessation of suffering, can touch the simplicity now in this between, in this both, that it's not some um, deadening or isolating phenomena, that it's a living experience. And to be also willing to touch, you know, yes, I can feel this, but there's some obscuring, some falling into. That's okay to name, not to idealize. But as you name it, stay attuned to the, the both, internally mindful, mindfulness established externally, and mindfulness established both internally and externally. Let this support you. Pause, relax, touching the truth together, the subjective truth, here and now, in open. Fully interactive. There's a number of ways of framing the path. And, you know, it can be an interesting uh, paradox. If it's already here, why is there a path? And of course, Gina and I have the answer to that paradox you'll just have to pay extra to get it. So we're going to let you figure it out. Um, the traditional fourth noble truth is, of course, nothing other than the Eightfold Path. But when the Buddha was teaching, 
Uh, he often uh, taught very mixed groups. Sometimes people who were perhaps uneducated, not very philosophically sophisticated, maybe you know they had no practice other than their local, um, you know, uh, ritual Brahmin beliefs that were, you know, the norm at the time, and sometimes even people that were quite rough. And so the mind needed to be conditioned, turned in a kind and skillful way, a compassionate way, not just, I've got the biz here and I'm going to tell you, if you don't get it, that's okay, I'll go on to the next town. No, he was really speaking to where people were in that moment. And in doing so, the place that he would begin was with giving. Didn't begin with a lot of fancy stuff about freedom. Didn't begin with elevated teachings on samadhi, giving. As we reflect now on giving, you might begin with thinking about just that. Why begin with giving? Why is it so important? What, why does it matter? The word for giving in Pali is dana, which in some interesting twist of culture has come to mean in America the same thing that, you know, primetime NFL commercials mean, which is money, you know. But no, it's giving and it is an action. Giving is a relational act. It's not a concept, it's an act. So the mind is behind it because there is no action of the body without the movement of the mind. And there's no movement of the mind without intention, without a reason to move, a direction of movement. And herein lies the magic. The simplest, authentic giving is an act of letting go. The act of giving is an act of letting go. And it's an act we can immediately, intuitively understand and feel. In the case of the monks and nuns, to give dana was actually to give the food, the requisites, you know, food and the robes and the shelter and the medicine. This was dana. It wasn't about money. 
but to give meant to give up, right? To give up, give it up, give it here, give, to give. But it's the release at the same time. So what happens in the moment of release, the letting go, the letting go of that which one has worked for, that which one values, that which is precious, and right there, ah, the clinging is whittled away at at least a bit. This giving conditions the heart in the relational act towards letting go and what's happening. You're giving to another. So it's an act of kindness. It's an act of care, isn't it? You're giving food. You're giving shelter. You're giving lodging. Place yourself right there. You're giving the requisites of life to another. What's that like? You look into their eyes and say, here, here's what I have. Here's some rice. It's all I have. Please take it. Or maybe I'm quite wealthy, but still, maybe I'm giving the same amount of rice. But in that moment, I look into your eyes and I want you to have this rice here. Authentic giving, not giving that's miserly. You know, we're talking about real giving. Simple, simple, real giving. So it's a relational act of letting go, an act of kindness, compassion. This being will suffer without this, and of joy, they will be uplifted by this receiving. And you then, what? are uplifted by the giving. And as a relational act, it, it spreads, it expands, it builds a web of kindness. It's not just something you do in your mind. It's inherently unselfish. It's inherently caring. You don't have to practice loving kindness or compassion when giving is authentic. Simple giving is rooted in care, just like that. And so the, the, the binding, the gripping of the heart at its possessions at its gain, its self-concern, its fear of scarcity. All of these things are being just ticked away. Just, you know, like all of those footsteps on the stone that goes up the castle and all of those people that use the stone steps over hundreds of years, and it wears away even the stone. This is happening in our hearts with each act of giving. It's the opening of the hand. The hand that has been gripping is learning to open. It learns to open. 
And so in all of these ways and in more, by teaching, giving first, you're teaching the whole life. You're teaching the whole mind, the whole heart. And the Buddha knew this and said, this is first, dana, giving, is first. He didn't teach chaga, generosity, is first, giving. It's an act, a relational act, is first, dana. So the invitation now, in your whole group practice is to touch into this beautiful entry and re-entry into the path. Exactly this path of cessation. I've just touched into some reasons why you will discover for yourself. How is this my path of cessation? How do I respond to this? What is this dana? Not dana as money, not dana for like at the end of a retreat you give a talk and all this kind of thing. This is the real thing. Your path. So let your practice and that of your brothers and sisters on the path support you. As you listen deeply, you have all this wisdom coming up out of the silence to teach you. And you have the wisdom that you have to share. Listening deeply speaking the truth. <laughs>